0: Hello, Black Healing Matters family. This is Danielle here at the Black Healing Matters podcast, where we offer you ideas to hopefully move you one step closer to your healing. Happy Tuesday to you. And on this Tuesday, you know, every Tuesday is a special one. It's not just because it's Black History Month this month, but because every Tuesday is Know Thy History Tuesday. And today as well is special because this week is Black Panther week. I was inspired by seeing the movie this past weekend, so I decided let's do it. Why not make this entire week, every episode this week, a Black Panther inspired episode. And today is really no different because I'm sure you may be thinking... Did Marvel make all of that up? The costumes, the storyline, the, you know, the way that the kingdoms were formed, did they make all of that up? Is that all completely fictional? Of course not. (laughs) But you know, I don't know anybody better to explain this than my man over at the Home Team History Channel. And so he's put together a video called marvel black panther the real african wakanda matapa and the V empire listen to this if you're interested in hearing about how the black panther film is very deeply rooted in real african history and on that note black healing matters family listen stay tuned the video is about 10 minutes long stay blessed and as always black healing matters
1: if there ever existed a real african wakanda from marvel's universe it would definitely come from the empires of zimbabwe just about all their kings were black panthers What up y'all, it's your boy Home Team here, I'm back at it with another video of African history, culture, and worldview. And today, we're gonna talk about the Mutapa and Wazwi empires. For those of you that live on the rock, Marvel's universe has created many fictional superheroes that has literally stood the test of time and influenced many people around the world. One of these influential superheroes was Black Panther of Wakanda. Now Wakanda was a very powerful African nation that had access to the most desired resource in the Marvel universe. Vibranium, which is like the plight of most African nations today. Vibranium gave Wakanda riches, power, and technological advancement that the Black Panther sought to protect. Wakanda set itself out to the world as they knew others would try and take this resource and destroy Wakanda. In the Marvel Universe, all attempts to subjugate Wakanda failed miserably. The Black Panther became the pride and joy of African nationhood and Wakanda a world power. Now, although this is a fictional story, there are some elements of truth to it when we consider the history of the African continent. There were many African nations with Wakanda-like characteristics, but the region that mimicked Wakanda in totality was hands down the Mutapa and Roswi empires of 15th century Zimbabwe. These people had enormous amounts of desired resources, power, and even technological advancement that wasn't present anywhere south of the Sahara. First let's begin with the precursor to the Mutapa and Rozwi empires, the Kingdom of Great Zimbabwe. The Kingdom of Zimbabwe was a very powerful state that existed in 1220 and its capital was Great Zimbabwe. The Kingdom of Zimbabwe was founded by the Shona people of Southern Africa and their empire began forming around the same time as the Mali Empire in West Africa. Great Zimbabwe's wealth and power allowed the Shona to build elaborate stone structures, which became the largest stone structures built south of the Sahara. And one of the most impressive things about these structures was that the Shona built them without mortar, a technological feat that seemed to surpass other Africans in the region. One Portuguese traveler witnessed the stone structures of Great Zimbabwe and was impressed. The Chronicle of Debaros states, Among the gold mines of the inland plains between the Limpopo and Zambezi rivers, there is a fortress built of stones of marvelous size, and there appears to be no mortar joining them. This edifice is almost surrounded by hills, upon which all others resembling it in the fashioning of stone and the absence of mortar and one of them is a tower more than 12 fathoms high. The natives of this country call these edifices Zimbabwe, which according to their language signifies court. The wealth, power, and technological advancement of Great Zimbabwe literally birthed the Mutapa and Raswi empires. Here's how. According to oral tradition, the first Muweni was a warrior prince named Yatsimba Mutota from Great Zimbabwe. He was sent to find new resources of salt in the north. Prince Mutota found his salt among the Tavara, a Shono subdivision, who were prominent elephant hunters, and there he conquered them. He then became the ruler of the Karanga branch of the Shona people who went on to build the Mutapa empire in 1450. The empire extended from the southern margins of the Zambezi to the Indian Ocean, but the Mutapa rulers only maintained dominant control over the plateau region. This is when Mutapa began to take on Wakanda-like characteristics as they dominated and controlled other kingdoms throughout the region. The Portuguese began to set up along the coast and began to come into contact with Mutapa rulers around 1560. The Portuguese main goal was to dominate the trade with India, however, they unwittingly became mere carriers of luxury goods between Mutapa's sub-kingdoms and India. On top of that, the Portuguese had to pay the Mutapa rulers a tribute called Curva for being on the coast. The tribute allowed free passage to trade with Mutapa, but if not paid, The Mutapa Empire would seize merchandise without compensation. This actually happened in 1610 when the Portuguese attempted to flex their muscles. Needless to say, it resulted in the slaughter of Portuguese traders. The Portuguese attempted to march on the Mutapa Empire because a Mutapa ruler killed a Jesuit priest attempting to convert him. Very Wakanda-like. This gave the Portuguese all the justification they needed to attack. However, local diseases decimated the force. Mutapa maintained a position of strength and power, exacting a subsidy from each captain of Portuguese Mozambique that took the office. The rulers of Mutapa also levied a duty of 50% on all trade goods imported. Mutapa proved invulnerable to attack and even economic manipulation due to the Mutapa king's strong control over gold production. Mutapa rulers continued to make fools out of the Portuguese. Ironically enough, the actual decline of Mutapa was civil war within the empire itself amongst differing ideological factions. Infighting amongst the Mutapa was Portugal's greatest chance at redemption as differing Mutapa factions even asked Portugal for help to gain the throne. Portugal was drooling over this opportunity as they saw how they can gain full access to the resources in the region and dominate. However, just when Portugal was about to get a stronghold militarily and economically over the region, the Black Panther shows up. His name was Shangamaya Dumbo, and he really despised the Portuguese. Throughout the internal conflict of the Mutapa Empire, the Portuguese supported one claimant to the Mutapa throne, and Shangamire Dumbo supported another. In support of his candidate, Shangamire Dumbo raised the Portuguese fair town of Dembrari, next to the Mutapa capital, and slaughtered the Portuguese traders and their entire following. Shangamire Dumbo started a new dynasty called the Rozwi dynasty. The Rozwi not only originated from the great Zimbabwe area, but still continued to build their towns in stone. In 1695, Shangamaya Dombo overran the gold-producing kingdom of Maninka and took his army east and destroyed the Portuguese fair town of Misikwesi. This allowed him complete control of all gold-producing territory from Batwa to Manika supplanting Mutapa as the premier Shona kingdom in the region founding the Rozwi Empire However Shangamaya was not done humiliating the Portuguese in 1693 Portuguese militia tried to take control of the gold trade in the interior by invading the Rozwi Empire Shangamaya not only brutally defeated these efforts but he then drove the Portuguese off the central plateau, making them only a nominal and powerless presence in the region. Shangamire brought the whole of present day Zimbabwe under his control and made Mutapa a vassal, completely eliminating Portuguese influence. The Razwi quickly lost interest in Mutapa, however, as they sought to consolidate their position in the south. Mutapa re- regained its independence around 720, but a series of civil wars ended Mutapa for good. Now, records from the Portuguese indicate that the Rozwi people were excellent military strategists. They were even noted as using the cow horn formation way before the Zulu. When it comes to the protection and ownership of their resources, their technological advance, stone-building prowess, and their military might, The Shona people of the Mutapa and Rasbe empires exemplify the ideals of Black Panther and Marvel's Wakanda. They, like Wakanda, knew the importance of economic preservation as a key to their social and technological advancement. Their uncompromising and unapologetic stance is definitely a model for all afro centered people all around the world. The Mutapa and Roswee empires are definitely one of the greatest prides of Africa. Well I'm all out guys, and don't forget if you guys want to gain access to full-blown African history courses and sources, I offer them on Patreon.com. It's your boy, home team. Know thyself. Remember your ancestors. Peace. Hey Daniel, it's Edwin from Wake Up Learn. I really enjoyed your episode on activism while angry. Um, I too saw the Black Panther movie and was deeply moved about, by the the characters. Killmonger trying to you know figure out how to you know channel some of his rage and activism and just the ongoing struggle of uh, people have of you know doing something positive and even Wakanda's struggle of how do we do something positive while still, you know, not giving too much if that such a thing is possible. But that was their struggle and finding a balance of helping the community and doing positive work. Um, So really enjoyed your segment.
2: Hey, Danielle, my playbook buddy. I've been meaning to call you for a week or so and wanted to just say, once again, we are living parallel lives. When you were doing your firewalk with Tony Robbins. I was doing my fire walk with uh her name is Edwin Gaines. That's the women's retreat I went to, dancing with the dark side. And we did a fire walk at the end. And I actually did a retreat with her about ten years ago. It was ten years ago. I wrote in the same notebook and she had us write on an index card. I walk on fire. I ch- I walk on fire. I can do anything I choose. And so I have a second one that I can put up on my kitchen um, refrigerator to remind me when I have moments that I feel like I can't do something, that I walked on fire, I can do anything. So congratulations, my friend. I'm glad you enjoyed Tony Robbins. He is awesome. I'll talk to you soon.